service talking about the good things that God is doing outside the walls of this church in the lives of the people and the people that we touch we will spend more time talking about that than we talk about anything else till it comes time to talk about the word I'm gonna tell you God wants to do that God wants to use you and minister with through you and in you and for you to other people and we're going to hear about the good things that God has done. And when we do that, we know that we are in a healthy relationship with our Heavenly Father. And He wants to do that in a really bad way. That's why He moves on people and puts people in your lives. Because He wants you to touch them with the power of the message that He has for us. Father, I want to thank you and praise you for how awesome and wonderful you are you are always at work even when we think you're not at work you are at work there's never a time when you're not working thank you for calling us and allowing us to be a part of that father I just pray that you will so in tune us with your spirit that we cannot bypass a single individual that you place on our heart without speaking to them about the things of God. Because you want to touch them and change their lives. Father, we just thank you today. And I just pray, Lord, as we pause for a few moments, because we just we love your kingdom we are not of this world we belong to a kingdom that has no end whose king reigns forever and we want to see that kingdom expanded we want to see more people worshiping that king that we give into that kingdom of our resources and of our time and our talents and we just ask you Lord to bless it multiply it we want to see your kingdom expanded we're not interested in building an empire here for ourselves for you and you alone deserve the glory and the honor in jesus name amen you may be seated
at that time of, of the year again when, um, when kids are starting school. Can I have all the kids up here? And uh, we also need one adult up here. We need one adult. Gina's not, Gina's not going back to school. Gina's got, but we do have to have one adult because we have an adult here. Are you not an adult? You're 19 years old. You are an adult. And I'm going to tell you something. No, I'm Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> I, I just want to tell you one thing, okay? Um, you're 19 years old, and the world considers you adult. Um, I've been an adult for, whoa, a really long time, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. It ain't all it's cut out to be. <laughs> it's not all it's cut out to be. Being a, being a kid's much more fun. <laughs> but um, Lauren is leaving for college on Thursday, and so uh, we won't see her for, uh, for a little while. And I'm not sure exactly who needs more prayer, uh, her or her parents. Um, I, so we'll include, we'll include all, of, all of them in that. But uh, she's going to Ole Miss. Going to Old Miss. <laughs> Old Miss of the uh, Blindside movie ga- uh, fame, you know, Michael Orr from. Uh, you don't care about that. <laughs> but she's going to Old Miss. And I don't know, some of these kids uh, have already started school. Uh, some of them will be starting tomorrow, and some of them will be starting in a week. And so we're just going to pray for all of them right now. Uh, and, uh, and so we. We just want you guys to have a really, a really super year, and uh, is Luke starting kindergarten? Oh, he's just up here because he's cool. He's cool. Yeah, he's a kid. Okay. He's cool. Come on. Come on over here. Hey, come on over here with me. Yeah. All the cool people are over here. Okay. All right. Just, just so you, just so you know. Oh, well, from, from here on over. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's be serious for a moment. Uh, all right, we're just gonna, we're gonna pray, and we just want you guys to have an awesome year, want you guys to, want you guys to learn a lot. We also want you to know that whatsoever you do, do it as unto the Lord, okay? And if you do that, you will be successful in what you, in what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, you'll do your best in your homework, and your studies, and your, and all those things that kind of get old after a while, but if you do it as under the Lord, it stays fresh, and uh, we just want you guys to have a great year, so let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for these, uh, uh, these children and, and, and for Lauren. Uh, Lord, we, just, we pray for the children as they, uh, ha- some have already started school, some will be starting uh, soon, and so we just want to pray for this, this next year. I, I wanna, first of all, I want to pray that uh, as they as they go to their schools, uh, that they, whether they're homeschooled or whether they go to a, to a school, uh, I pray, Lord, that each and every moment that they are there, uh, they would be conscious of the fact that they are, they're representing you because they belong to you, and that they would do the best they can in everything uh, they can, in their behavior, in their studies, in their homework, in their relationships, uh, the way they treat their teacher, the way they treat their classmates, it would all be done to your honor and glory. 
Uh, I pray for Lauren as she leaves to go to college. This is a, 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 great, a, a great step. It, it's a, uh, as she leaves home and she goes to a, a different state uh, and will be uh, out from under the umbrella of, of her parents, I just I want to pray for her. I pray, Lord, that you would protect her in every situation. I pray that you would, uh, that you would help her as she studies, as she learns and makes new friends. And Lord, I just pray that this would be uh, an exhilarating experience for her to be, uh, to be going to college. I do pray for, for, for Pam and for Paul. I know this is who letting go of a child and having them go out of state and go away and be on their own, scary business. But Father, I want to thank you that we can, we can trust you, we can believe in you, that we can put them in your hands and Lord, we, that, that we may just learn that, um, that us and anything we try will never be as effective as you. And so we just put her into your care and keeping, knowing that you're going to take care of her, and we thank you. May your blessing rest upon them all, in Jesus' name, amen. It's, um, it's interesting how so much of what we talked about prior to getting to this point just kind of fit in with where we're going today. Uh, last Friday, last Saturday, excuse me, last Saturday night, not last night, but last sat the Saturday before, Mary and I and, and uh, some friends of ours decided that we were going to, we were going to try the, the new restaurant over on Cattleman Road that uh, has been through so many restaurants. And, and uh, we happened to know the, the, young, the girl that owns it went to school with Angie. And uh, by the way, it was good. So you, it, we'll, we'll give you that up front. But... We began to run into a lot of people that we knew and hadn't seen in a long, long time. And uh, as a matter of fact, we looked up, and at one point, um, Billy's mom and dad and his sister and Angie and the baby were all over across the restaurant eating, and, and uh, so we went over to talk to them. All of a sudden, I saw Mary motion to me and she pointed behind me, and I turned around, and there was a man who is just a few years younger than I am, who I first met when he was like 17 or 18 years old, when Mary and I first moved here to Florida. And we lived right up off of Bay of Vista here, on, uh, back on Prospect Street. He and, his, he and his parents lived directly across the street from us, and... They just beca we, we became friends because we, beca we were neighbors. They were a little bit older than us, but you know we had, we had Lonnie and, and Mary, a few years later, Mary was expecting Angie. And, and so we, we, they were very helpful to, to me learning to be a new homeowner. And uh, here, was, 
Here was this guy sitting, hadn't seen him in years. I turned around, I put my hand on his shoulder, and he looked up at me, and, and he got, got a smile on his face, and I asked him how he's doing. He asked me, you know, same, it's the same question. And the next thing's out of his mouth. This is the next words that came out of his mouth. He said, I'm scared. I'm scared. He said, I'm scared of what's going to happen in November with the, with the presidential election. I'm standing in the middle of a restaurant. Um, I, I, I don't want to take time from, away from them eating their food. I just wanted to greet him, so I didn't say a whole lot. But as I began to prepare for the message this morning, that conversation came back to me. And then in the back of the church this morning, I was, uh, um, Terry and I were st- sitting back there and talking, and, and, and we were talking about, he was telling me about some of the things that he sees, the homeless people that he sees when he's out driving. And we were, we were talking about that for a little bit, about the hopelessness that comes to people. I want to I want to talk to you today about we've been talking about the high calling of God. He called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. What an incredible thing to hear. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called us to a holy life. Now I want you to hear these words. I used this passage of scripture briefly last night in, in the, at the center, but uh, I guess it would help if I turned that on. Paul is writing in Ephesians chapter 1 and he says this, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that, God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Now folks, I'm going to tell you, much of the difficulty that you will bring upon yourself even in your reborn state. And I say, I, I say that you may be born again. You may be a believer in Jesus, but much of the difficulty that you will bring upon yourself in the midst of that will come from the fact that you don't know God good enough. Because the more you know about God and the more you understand the character of God, when you understand the way God does things and who He is and how He works, you can experience something and someone will say to you, well, why would God do that to you? And you say, that's not who my God is. 
My God is different than that. I know His character. I know what He's like. He doesn't operate like that. It's like when Jesus was walking with His disciples and, the, and they came upon the blind guy. What did the disciples say to Him? Their thinking was messed up. What did they say? Jesus, Rabbi, Master, why is this man blind? Is it because his parents sinned? Or was it because he sinned? There had to be a reason, and it had to be a negative reason in their minds, in order for this man to have been blind from birth. And Jesus said, neither one. This man, try to get this, try to get your head wrapped around this. This man was blind for 38 years so God could receive glory when Jesus healed him 38 years later. Get your mind around that. God. See, when you know God better, when you, when, when you have an understanding of who He is, then, then you trust. Then you love. Then you believe. Then you have hope. Listen to what He says here. I pray also that the eyes of your heart, that metaphor, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I hope that your heart will open up and receive in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The hope to which He has called you. He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. He called you to live a holy life. He called you to hope. There's, there's, no, there's no place for hopelessness when you know God, when you really know the character of God, when you belong to God. There's no place for hopelessness. And yet, here's what the Bible says. The proverb says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Crushed spirit. When, when Terry and I were talking in the back this, this morning, I, we were, when we were talking about people who are, who are homeless, and, 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 I, and I said to him, what, what you, many of us don't understand is that there is a, there, when there is a hopelessness that comes, when, and I don't know if any of you in here have ever been hopeless. I mean, where you just, you just didn't have any hope whatsoever. And when, when hopelessness sets in, you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. You don't, you don't see a solution. I, I, I said to him, I said, I think that you and I, because we are not hopeless, we could go to someone who, has, who is literally hopeless who cannot see anything, and I said, we could hear their, we could hear their story. And, 
and in a few minutes we could formulate a plan that would help them to get out of their situation and on the road to hopefulness. The problem is, when you're hopeless, you can't see a solution. No solution makes sense because, why? Because you are hopeless. You have no hope. And for those of us who've never been hopeless, we don't understand what that means. What does it mean to have a crushed spirit? To just not be able to even think about the fact that there's something better out there. But God has called us to hope. Now, see, my friend, my friend is trusting them. They're not my hope. And they're not your hope either. And neither are they. They're not your hope. That's not where your hope comes from. Is your hope in this? Or this? The psalm says... Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. I'm not telling you not to vote, and I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm just telling you my hope isn't in them. I don't care who gets in, they're not going to make it any better. Or they may make it a little better, but they're not going to solve the problems because the problems do not come from out here. The problems that we have come from in here. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In the heart come all forms and manners of evil. Out of the heart, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? You see, that's not your hope. This is your hope. That's your hope. The empty tomb. This is your hope. The Savior on the cross dying and shedding His blood. That's your hope. And the Hebrew says to us, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Maybe you did. I probably didn't say that loud. No, would you turn my mic up a little bit? Because I think I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think you heard me. We have this hope. Not that hope. <laughs> we have... <laughs> <laughs> my finger got my finger done went and got anxious on me there <laughs> we have 
This hope, this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That's where we rest. That's what our hope is in. Our hope is in the resurrected Jesus who lives and reigns and rules forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And He never ends. It never comes to an end. And He is on the throne. And no matter matter who gets elected as president or what country falls... Or, or what country, whatever happens, Jesus is still sitting by the Father interceding for us at every moment. And the very fact that He is there is what gives us hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And it will never go away. Peter writes and he says this, But in your heart, set apart Christ as the Lord. And be prepared to give an answer to to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But when your hope's shaken because somebody else got elected president, God help us. Now I wish that my circumstances with this, with this friend of mine would have been different. That we would not have, have, we could have met somewhere where I had more time to talk to him. Because I wanted to, I just wanted to remind him of this. I wanted to remind him that that's not where my hope is. I'm not scared about November. I'm not scared. Why? Because the reason for my hope is a a Jesus who hung on the cross and then rose from the dead. And I have an anchor for my soul that is steadfast and sure. Folks, how are you going to I, I, just, I just want to ask you this question. How do you go from talking to someone, to, to someone fearfully about what may happen in a presidential election? How do you talk to someone fearfully about that and then turn around them and try to express to them the hope that you have? How do you do that? How do, you, how do you speak of the fear that you have of the well-being of your children and then turn around and express to someone the hope that you have? See, fear and anxiety and all of those things come from a lack of knowledge of who God is. In Titus, Paul writes to Titus and he says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions 
and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own eager to do what is good. See, our hope lies in the fact that no matter what happens, Jesus is on the throne. No matter what happens, Jesus is on the throne. And finally, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I think that verse is worthy to be read again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope what happens when you overflow with something? See? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you overflow with hope, the people who are near you get hope dripped all over them. See? They're, they're, they're walking around on dry ground in hopelessness and all of a sudden you walk up next to them and you're overflowing with hope and then all of a sudden their shoes are getting wet because they're slopping around in the overflow of hope that you have and suddenly it begins to get all over them and they go, well, if you have hope, then I could probably have hope too. Tell me about this hope that you have. And then you can go on and say, well, the hope I have is in the one who hung on the cross and the one who rose from the dead. That's what gives me hope. That's what's in my soul by the Holy Spirit and it's just overflowing. I, I'm sorry I got it all over you. You see? That's what God wants to do. He wants us to go out into a into the middle of a world that is miserable and hopeless. And he wants us to just overflow with this in their presence. And then we come back in here and say, you know what, I met somebody the other day that was hopeless. And they saw something in me. And I talked to them about the hope that I have. And now I just want to share that with the rest of the group. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Those stories ought to be just, just, just pouring in. Where we're taking more time in our service to talk about how we ministered than the fact that we want to be ministered to. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you. I want to pray, Father, that you will give all of us in this room 
a clearer understanding of the hope that we've been called to. That the, 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 the concept of hopelessness in the life of a believer would, would be something that we just we don't understand. And yet, we want you to give us the understanding of what it means to be hopeless so that we can minister to those who are. God, may you just, by your Holy Spirit, you are the God of hope. I pray that you will just fill us, Father. Fill us with hope so that it overflows and just gets all over those who are around us because we are so full of it. We are so full of hope. Thank you, Father. I pray, Father, today for the ministries that you have brought into us, ministries where we are able to give of our resources and give of personnel and give of talent and 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 lord and we give that to because they are going out and they are giving hope to others i pray for the ministry of of ee prison ministries and lord i just thank you for brother art and for all of the opportunities that are coming to him for preaching the message and the gospel of hope I pray for Love Serves as they go and minister in the, in the Dominican Republic and they go and they give hope to these pastors who are by themselves and feeling hopeless in many cases. And Lord, the church is exploding because when they get filled with hope, it overflows. Thank you, Father, for the transitional center. Thank you for the ladies of the Transitional Center. Thank you for the opportunity to go there and minister, Lord. There's hope. Have mistakes been made? Yes, but there's hope. And we thank you for the hope. And we pray for the hope of these girls. And we thank you for Chris Garrison, for Todd and Shelley. And we pray for Todd and Shelley as they take some time off and regroup and refocus. And we just ask, Lord, that it would be a time of refreshing for them. We pray for Chris as she's back in country in Thailand now, but, but planning on leaving in a couple months to come back to the United States. And we hope to see her in December, Lord. We just pray for her and for her Silk and for their ministry. And Father, we just thank you for the awesome summer camp that we had this year. Thank you for the, every child that was there. We thank you, Lord, for the, the great program that they put on. We pray, Lord, now for, for the daycare as we continue through and begin the new school year. We thank you for filling it up and the blessing that it is to those who are a part of it. Father, we just thank you for the hope that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to stand, and for our benediction today, we're going to sing this hymn, okay? Let's stand together. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare
dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. But when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanged.